Hi, I'm Sue. And I'm Rach. And this is the Georgia Hair Podcast. So Rach, what's new with you? Well, um, I am with child. Oh my God, you're in an interesting condition. An interesting condition. Cool. Yes, I guess I hope to be confined in... <laughs> I don't know when people were confined. <laughs> confined? Pretty much from birth yeah. if you're a woman, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I don't know when they, they got put... And does confined mean put in a room and... I don't know. Not allowed out? Is it I never really point understood where you, that. You stop wearing a corset or something? I don't know. I think you, you sort of like, yeah, it meant that you don't really leave the house very much, yeah. I think. Okay, this is some homework for us. We need to research yeah. emergency pregnancies. And so when I have to not leave the house, if I'm going <laughs> to... I mean, you've already got a small child, so... Yeah, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, maybe it was easier for people who had nannies and things. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And yeah. I understand that before you are confined, you're off to... San Francisco! Woo! It's lovely. Uh, yes, you've been, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to um, West Coast mm-hmm. America before. I've been, I've been to New York and Washington. Mm-hmm. But yes, very excited. Yeah. Hello to all of the all of the <laughs> San Francisco listeners. No, there are some. Exciting. We're doing quite well in America. I know. <laughs> um, my day's been slightly less positive mostly because i spent all of the day watching every episode of the surviving r kelly documentary series why would you do that yeah i don't know i mean it was amazing and the way those women tell the story is fantastic it's so brave of them you kind of feel like you owe it to them to listen to their experience i can see that yeah but yeah six episodes back to back is grim yeah you're gonna lose your faith in humanity but then after that we went out to pizza Okay. And I regained my faith in humanity because it was a place called Slice and Spice Indian Pizza. So there was, um, they do a Saga Lou pizza. <gasps> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, quite. And then we watched okay. Green Book. Yeah. Have you seen it? That was, that was beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, started off badly and then it yeah. got better. Yeah. So that's my weekend. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds amazing. And now, shall we talk about the family? Yeah, let's do it. So in The Foundling, our main character is Gilly, the Duke of Sale. Um, he is fantastically wealthy. Yeah. But he's, I think the phrase is hedged all about. Yeah. By his... Mollycoddled. Oh yeah, mollycoddled by his uncle and his his retinue. Yeah. Um, because he was a sickly child. Yeah. And, and he's a lovable man, so they all really, really care about yeah. him. Mother and father died young. Yeah. It's very sad. He's a lovely young man. But because he's been so mollycoddled, he wants adventure and he wants to experience life as plain Mr. Dash of nowhere. Mm. Um, and also a factor in this is that he's just sort of had his hand forced into mm. proposing to his childhood friend, who he cares about very deeply, but I don't think yeah. he's quite... He, he just didn't feel in control of this decision. I think that's the thing about that, isn't it? He just mm. didn't feel like it wasn't his choice. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't yeah. cho- choosing to get married. Exactly. And it felt just another part of him being hedged about. Yes. So he is blue devilled. Mm. And he goes to see his favourite cousin Gideon. And his cousin Matthew mm. is also there. And he finds out that Matthew's in a scrape. He's written some ill-advised letters to Belinda where he promises marriage. And these letters got into the hands of Liversedge, Mr. Liversedge, mm. and he is now blackmailing Matthew for breach of promise. And Gilly, hearing about this, decides that he's going to step in, shake off his retainers, take on an assumed identity, and get Matthew out of the fix. Yeah. 
should we talk a bit about some of our characters then? Mm. So Gilly, Duke yeah. of Sale. Yeah. A very unassuming character. Yeah. Like not people say they're surprised when they meet him that mm. he's a duke. Mm-hmm. He's not as tall as the rest of his family. No, he's the runt of the litter. Yeah. So yeah, there's a description of him in the book. Um so slightly built, um, of rather less than medium height, light brown hair, um, a pleasing countenance. Mm-hmm. Um, a delicate features yeah and and colouring rather pale so a fine grey eyes oh. Kaya loves her grey eyes doesn't yeah. she um, all her favourite characters have grey eyes mm-hmm. I think what grey eyes means yeah is it like my colour eyes no Rachel you know full well that you have Daniel Craig laser no they're eyes. not they're not deep like that they're not deep like that I think that I think that is grey you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen <laughs> They're amazing. All right. They're not great. That really wasn't a <laughs> humble brag. I don't know. Um, yeah, carried himself well, um, but without an air of consequence. So mm. I'm just sort of picturing, yeah, a very unassuming yeah. sort of character. Yeah. And, and he is lovely. His people skills are top notch. Yeah. Like there are various points in this book where he gets out of scrapes just by listening to people and being yeah. a nice chap. Yeah. So highlighting his people skills, there's a, there's a, passage quite late on in the book where the duke is getting tom out of another one of his scrapes so the tom being the young boy that he's rescued from wandering mm-hmm. around the countryside yeah. having been attacked by footpads and um he's speaking to the constable about kind of try- trying to warm him up to getting him released and the duke says i thought you had boys of your own said the duke softly full of mischief too i dare say he had struck the right note the constable beamed upon him and enunciated Four fine lads, sir, and everyone as lawless as the town bull. The Duke settled down to listen sympathetically for the next twenty minutes to an exact account of the prowess of the constable's four sons, their splendid stature, their youthful pranks, and present excellence. The time's not wasted. When the recital ended, the Duke had added an officer of the law to his circle of friends and well wishers, and the constable had agreed to allow him to visit the prisoner. Yeah, so it just shows he's actually got a very natural way of yeah. Of, of, yeah. But, yeah, persuading people and yeah. negotiation. I think he and... knows he's turning it on. Yeah. Like he settles yeah. down to, to talk to this yeah. guy. And just in comparison to some of the other heroes out there, who would be all, right, well, I'm just going to mm. run in there, all brash, start a fight, pay someone off, shout at someone. He's got this entirely different skill set. Yeah. It's maybe a little bit more Freddie Stanton. Yeah. Subtle. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's back to, yeah, there's definitely similarities between Freddie and. Although there is quite a bit of violence in this book as well, which we'll probably come back yeah. to. And actually, in his adventures, he, um, although people don't know he is the Duke of Sale, mm. people, especially older women, they're quite <laughs> like the landlady of oh, the... Very protective Very of him, protective of him immediately and want to help him out yeah. because he's got such a nice manner. But as you said in the um, before, he is... Um, He's blue devil, isn't he? Mm. And we hear he's he's fed up with how much he is mollycoddled. And actually, there's an element of him not really appreciating what he's got. Yes, that's true. So there's a bit near the beginning of the book where um, Gilly is visiting Gideon and Matthew is there. And Gilly is whinging, Mm. moaning a little bit about... Um, about his not and him being too mollycoddled and protected. Yeah. It's pretty low-level whinging, isn't it? I it is. It's more like a little bit um, 
self-deprecating and yeah he does it yeah. quite nicely yeah um and then matthew says something I wish you would stop twaddling on forever, suddenly exclaimed Matthew, sitting up with a jerk. I can tell you this, Gilly. It would do you a deal of good not to be Duke and not to have all the money you need and scores of servants to wait on you and not to have a stable full of blood cattle or a pair of six skinny mantons or people to manage your affairs or, or any of the things you have got, which you don't so much as think about. Yes, it would, agreed Gilly, arrested by this outburst. Would you like to change places with me? So, mm. yeah, you sort of see there that Matthew, who's not in that position, yeah. just can't understand why mm. he's, yeah, moaning, I, I guess. I Gilly has the good sense as well to realise that, yeah, he, he would be more appreciative of his position if he had experienced anything other than that position. Yeah, but then, I guess, as the story progresses, he, um, he does become more appreciative yes, of those things. Yeah, and he does. He de- you know, this this book is essentially not really a love story, is it? No. It's about him as a young man. Mm. It's a bit of a rite of passage mm. type book, isn't it? Where he is um, put in a lot of situations where he is he yeah. tests him, and it. Um, yeah, he he rises to the challenge, and actually, what happens is he becomes a lot more appreciative of his uncle, his mm-hmm. servants, and um, he grows into himself. In, yeah, definitely. And, and starts to learn his own mm. strengths. In fact, there's a lovely bit where he celebrates the successes that he's, mm. that he's had. So at this point, he has managed to spring Tom from prison after Tom's escapade, um, pretending to be a highwayman. Uh, so he says, he bore Tom off in triumph, and that without having to recourse to use of his own title and consequence, a circumstance which pleased him so much that he quite forgave Tom for his outrageous behaviour. To have outwitted a band of kidnappers, wrested a potential felon from the hands of the law, and dealt successfully with so inimical a gentleman as Mr. Salibridge, all within 24 hours, gave him a much better idea of himself than he had ever had before. There had been times when he had regretted embarking on his odyssey, but although his efforts on Tom's behalf had been extremely exhausting, and although his money and his stock of clean linen were both running low, he no longer regretted it. He had made an interesting discovery. The retainers who sped to anticipate his every need and guarded him from all contact with the common world might be irksome at times, or at times a comfort to him, but he knew now that they were no more necessary to him than his high title. Plain Mr Dash of Nowhere in particular could fend for himself. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he's, he's got much more trust in himself and yeah. faith in himself, and he's, um, he's basically bec- come to be a man. Yes. Yeah. Love him. And, and not a like, nice character. He's his own kind of man as well, I think. Mm. This experience has taught him that sometimes he will talk his way out of problems and sometimes he'll burn a pub down. <laughs> yeah. I love that bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I think he might just die of smoke inhalation. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure that setting fire to a door when you're in the basement and there are no, no windows is risky, isn't it? Yeah. But I, mean, I, I don't think the logistics of that mm. is fully... I think that'd be difficult to show to show on film, let's say. Yes. Because I'm not sure about where he was in relation. Mm. But then it's probably just a if it's a flimsy door, maybe you could have kicked it down. Yeah. Anyway, and I'm also not sure about how fast fire really yeah. spreads like that. Yeah. But who cares? <laughs> Indeed, it's so unimportant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So his kind of career of violence. I mean, he he breaks open Mr. Liversedge's head 
yeah. doesn't he? When he escapes from him and steals yeah. the letters. Well, that's it, isn't it? You sort of expect him to be doing... Like, yes, as you said, so, sometimes it is about talking and about persuading people, mm. but then <laughs> the his dealings with <laughs> with uh, Mr. Liversidge, it it's quite early on, actually, that he mm. <laughs> basically attacks him to get the letters. Yeah, it's a good move. I mean, he didn't... He just knocked him down, didn't he, with the table, and yeah. then he happened to hit his head on, on something. Yeah. But, yeah, he didn't mess about. He just checked he'd got a pulse, grabbed those letters, off he popped. Yeah. Lovely. And, yeah, and then he went down the pub... And then, and then there's Tom pretending to be a highwayman using a ginger beer bottle, the mm. pop of a ginger beer bottle to pretend to be a, a, a gun. Gunshot, fine, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been a good one. I like the, we like the adventure ones, don't we? Yeah, they're always a bit longer, I think. Yeah. And I don't mind that. Yeah, this um, is quite a long book. Then there is very little of the love story in this. Should we talk about Harriet then? Yes. Because there isn't a lot on Harriet, basically, is there? No, but what there is, I really like. Very likeable character, mm. but you there's no there's no depth to her character. Yeah, I, I, I really think it is an aftershot, after an afterthought, the love story. I'm thinking Rosamund Pike. Oh. That kind of gentle, lovely beauty. Okay, but I'm not... Mm, I mean... A bit oh, too tall. Oh, okay. Well, let's shrink her down. Take Tricky, a shrunken down. Also, she needs to be about twenty-one yeah. or something. So take a few years off her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she's what I have in mind. Yeah. I don't know about Gilly because he's so That's unassuming. It. What about Eddie Redmayne? Oh yeah. That's what I was thinking. I quite like that. I wouldn't expect no. him to knock me down in a pub. No, and he is sort of a bit. Yeah, m- maybe just like tone fact, down the stumbling. It's talk, basically but... his new scamanga. Not Scamanga. Um, yeah, whoever that character is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I combining Newt from Fantastic Beats with Scaramanga from the Bond films? Possibly. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, he's quite like his Newt character in this, I suppose. Yeah. Gentle and unassuming, but he does, quite that's, good that's, in adventure. That's the character he basically plays, isn't it? Oh. Um, but yeah, that's who I imagined. So yeah, with Harriet then, they have the proposal scene is early on and is of course rather awkward yeah because basically Lord Lionel has told Gilly that Harriet has been raised to expect a proposal yeah. from him at some point mm. and he's quite a bit surprised at this isn't yeah. he because he didn't think it was that sort of set in stone no 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 mm. um, but you definitely got the feeling so I don't quite know how. It's, uh, one of the things Harriet does which is so so clever that Without necessarily saying it in so many words, hmm. you definitely got the feeling that Harriet was um, th- that Harriet was in love with him from the beginning. Oh, yeah. oh there's a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Giddy goes over to see Harriet. Her parents leave them alone for a moment, hmm. um, and it starts like this. Neither of them spoke for a moment. Then the Duke saw how pale Harriet was and how much her hands trembled, and compassion made him forget his own ill ease, and he said. I hope you do, do not dislike it very much. I should do my utmost not to give you cause for any unhappiness. You won't find me exacting, I promise. Or, No, I do not dislike it, Harriet answered in a low voice. I shall try to be dutiful and to behave just as you would wish. I, I've always had a, a regard for you, Gilly. And I for you, dear Harriet, he responded at once. I do think we, we may suit very well. It should not be my fault if we do not. She looked up at that. I hope, oh, I hope it will never be mine. Forgive me. 
I found myself a little overcome. I had not the expectation. That is, I, I did not think you were in London or that you entertained for me those feelings which she broke off in confusion. He possessed himself of her hand again. Indeed, I am excessively attached to you, he stammered. I wish you were not going out of town immediately. It must have been my, my earnest endeavour to show you. But I may come to Bath and you will allow me to squire you to all the dress balls, he added with an attempt at lightness. A smile trembled on her lips. Oh, yes, you know how well our steps suit. Yes, indeed, and I am sure there is no one I am happier to stand up with, for you never make me feel myself to be such a miserable dwarf of a fellow. Oh, Gilly, how can you? You are no such thing. He laughed. Ah, oh, you should hear my cousin Gideon on that head. You should hear Gayford, she retorted, gaining confidence. He calls me a poor little dab of a creature. Brothers, we shall not care a fig for them, or cousins either, he said. He saw that she was looking less pale and ventured to kiss her cheek. Lady Ampleforth came back into the room in time to witness their embrace. Her sharp eyes detected Harriet's blush and the way her hand crept up as though to clasp the Duke's coat collar. Yeah. Oh, it is very, very sweet. Yeah. And you do also, just just in that passage, get um, get the feeling that they actually would suit very well together. The, and the step very... suiting. Yeah. Oh, that's you lovely. Know, you know what? That is the one thing I regret. You know, I like the you know the rights we have as women and all that about modern times, <laughs> all that government. Um, but actually, not um, meeting people in like assemblies, yeah. like. And, and be able to dance with people. I think that's such a lovely way. You know, where to I thought you were going to go with that. I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to say, "I really like my boyfriend, <laughs> but he's not a good dancer." The father of my children. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, the the way we dance now. <laughs> I mean, like at clubs and things. Just to remind you, she's thirty-seven, not one hundred and thirty-seven. <laughs> you don't, you, you know, there's no step suiting sort of thing. There's, there's no, no room for conversation. No. Or light flirtation. No, no. Okay. I just think that it's a it's a shame that it's a lost I mean, art of flirtation through dance. You say that I met my husband on the dance floor. Yeah, but yeah. In a sweaty pub, sticky yeah. floors, dirty dancing. Yes, but you it's not that you were <laughs> intoxicated through the um because of the the dancing together, were you? It was more the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fair okay. let's move on <laughs> um so actually there's very very little time in this book where gilly and harriet are yeah. together because no because gilly goes off on his adventures and then he meets this belinda woman yeah and um he needs somewhere to put her where she will not just be forever running off with kind gentlemen so he <laughs> he thinks thinks of Harriet and he takes her over to Bath. But that is quite a long way into the book. So oh, yeah. the huge majority of the book, they're not together. A bit mm. at the beginning mm-hmm. and then towards the end. Mm. And when she comes to his rescue several times. Yeah. But like with Belinda and then when he's at the um, in prison. Yes. <laughs> because of Tom's dad. Oh yeah, he gets briefly arrested for kidnapping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a huge amount of the book where they're not together. Mm. But it's very sweet when they are. Yeah, and when... So, while Giddy's been away, Harriet's heard this rumour that he's... Oh, yeah. ...gad about gallivanting. People have, a, seen, people have seen yeah, him with and Belinda. Belinda. And Belinda's very, very beautiful. Yes. And probably looks like a bit of a light skirt. But she acts like one. Oh, no, but it is all in a... We'll talk about oh, Belinda, yeah, yeah, shall yeah. we? But oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Belinda Bless needs her. her own section. Yeah. For sure. But, yeah, so Giddy shows up in Bath to see Harriet and she thinks that he's gonna 
break off the engagement because he's met this Belinda. Um, and, she, and it says here, averting her face a little, she managed to say with only the smallest tremor in her voice, you need not tell me, Gilly, you never desired it. I, I knew that at the outset. You wish me to declare our, our engagement at an end, don't you? Wish you to declare our engagement at an end, he repeated, quite thunderstruck. God, no. Why, Harry, what can you be thinking of? She began to twist into a tight rope the ends of the gauze scarf, which was draped around her shoulders. Is it not that, Kelly? Pray, do not try to spare my feelings. I knew I was wrong. I should not have... But it's not too late. You see, I know. And indeed, I do not blame you. Harriet, I have not the remotest guess at what you are talking about, the, bl- the Duke said blankly. What is it that you know? What could I possibly have done to merit this from you? Surprise gave her the courage to look at him. She faltered. I knew from Gabriel that you had disappeared. Of course, I did not credit the wicked slanders which he said were running around town, but... Good God, were there any? He interrupted. What did the fool say? Gabriel told me that people suspected Gideon of having murdered you, but he went off into a peal of laughter. Oh no, no, Harriet, did they indeed think that? Then I expect he will murder me. It's a great deal too bad. She looked at him wonderingly. You see, Gilly, you left no word, and someone saw you going to Gideon's chambers the night you disappeared, and Gaywood said he would say nothing, only that he had no notion where you were. Of course, no one who knows Gideon would believe such a story. He's the best of good fellows. He should have betrayed me instantly. What is he to do with the rest, Harriet? Her head sank. She studied the fringe at the end of her scarf. It was Lady Boscastle Gilly who, who told us the rest. His brows knit for a puzzled moment. Lady Boscastle? Oh yes, I know, one of the matchmaking mamas. But what could she have told you? I've not set eyes on her since the Lord knows when. She has just arrived in Bath, said Harriet, beginning to plait the fringe. She she passed through Hitchin on her way. You did not see her, but but she saw you, Gilly. She came to pay a morning visit here, and she, she told Grandmama and me. She ventured to peep up at him, and was startled to see his eyes dancing. The devil she did, he said. Did you tell you I had Belinda on my arm? Uh, an excessively beautiful girl, faltered Harriet, gazing at him in mingled hope and trepidation. Oh, the loveliest creature imaginable, he said gaily, with not two thoughts in her head to rub together. No, I wrong her. There are just two thoughts. One is of golden rings, and the other of purple silk dresses. Harriet, you geese. So that's rather sweet. Yeah. They get to the bottom of that Yeah, rather quickly. And then he tells her about the adventure that he's been on. And there's a bit that really shows um, how she has noticed the changes in him. So um, she, he's telling her about all, sorry, he's telling her about all the adventures. He said, but although Harriet was considerably astonished by the tale unfolded to her, she did not think he had run mad. She listened to him in breathless silence, her colour fluctuating as she heard of the dangers which had threatened him. But as the tale proceeded, she began to perceive that his adventures had subtly altered him. She had never seen him looking so well, or known him to be so gay, and there um, clung about him an air of assurance he had previously lacked. He chose to turn it all to a jest and to laugh at himself for falling into such pitfalls, but it was plain to Harriet that this diffident young man, to whom she was betrothed, had quite unexpected strength of character, and was very well able to take care of himself. She glowed, and although she could not help laughing at the absurdity of his position, she admired him too, and would have accepted a dozen foundlings at his hands without uttering a word of reproach. Ah, lovely Harriet. Yeah, and that um, does, it's a really nice bit where you see that subtle change in him Mm. and how he is, I think that's a really good way of describing it, his his air of assurance now. He's much more of an assured young man who Mm. knows who he is Mm. and knows. And I think she'll back him up on this journey as well. Because there's a bit where he says, um, 
or if, could be suggesting they go to Paris on the honeymoon. And he says, if only we can contrive to go without my uncle's foisting Belpour onto us. And she said earnestly, Gilly, no one can foist anyone onto you anymore. And yeah. thinking, yeah, she's got his yeah. back. She's going to be yeah. there. Even though exactly. she's a very gentle soul as well. Yeah. And also, for her, she's um, her home situation is a little bit silly, mm. uh, similar to Gilly's as well. Because her mother is a very dominating mm. figure. Mm. Um, and she's a little, you know, and, and she's told how to feel and how to behave. And, um, and so there's, they're almost rescuing each other. Yes. a little bit through this marriage where they will learn to in their quiet way yeah. deal with each other going forward and mm. against the rest of the world and that's it's actually a very sweet love story although it doesn't feature very much in the actual book <laughs> <laughs> no I think there's a nice bit in there that makes me think of their future as well when um you know very early on in the book there's a footman who helps Gilly yeah, run Charles? off maybe yeah um and when he comes back mm. he gives him a really good tip and and the footman, who is previously... And I think Gilly really likes him because, because he thinks he's new, he doesn't care yeah, about me. Yeah. How liberating. But he comes back from his adventure, mm. gives him a massive tip and says, thanks very much for helping me out. And the footman goes off on this kind of speech about how he'd do anything for yeah, him yeah. and that he's amazing. And, and Gilly sort of says, oh, no, now we can see he's going to... Um, you know, spend his life in, in yeah, in, yeah, a service to me and my family, yeah, and annoy my children. Yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna <laughs> yeah. be the next generation's nettle bed. Yeah, exactly. That's very sweet. Oh, by the way, I do want to draw attention to the fact that Gilly is so rich that he has a chief confectioner in his household. Yeah. I want one. Uh, yeah, I, I could do, you know, all the other servants, maybe someone to clean the house. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a chief confection that would be lovely. I can cook my own food, but yeah. I can't make chocolate. I can't make mm. things like that. Is that what they did? Make chocolate and sweet I, stuff. I imagine they made amazing creations. Mm. Towered things that towered. Yeah, like one of those uh, macaroon towers. <laughs> Every oh. day. I wish you could see Rachel's beautiful blue eyes light <laughs> up when she said a macaroon. Tower. I love a macaroon. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I, that's why they like gout, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Although that's on the on the rise again, isn't it? Gout. Gout. Yeah, yeah. We're leading such bad lifestyles. I'm not surprised. Anyway, shall we just speak a little bit about Belinda? Oh, Belinda. So Belinda is one of those hair creations where she is impossibly beautiful. Yeah, but unlike many beautiful. Um, <laughs> women in these books mm. not the sharpest tool Head-witted. in the box yeah in fact the, the most stupid probably yeah i don't like to call anyone stupid but you're gonna make an exception i'm gonna make an exception for her because oh, stupid that's such a horrible word isn't it but and she's just she's a bit innocent it's almost just like she's a, a bit of a blank simple it's like she's and, amoral yeah. she's not a good person she's not a bad person no. Her very strange upbringing has just yeah. led she's her a foundling. to be in this position. She's a foundling, hence the name of the book. And she's, um, yeah, and she hasn't really had any family. Yeah. And no one to take care of her. I mean, she's just not believable as a character, is she? No, she's Because not. actually, if you grew up in that situation, you would have to learn to be pretty tough to survive. Yeah, and you'd be pretty tough. There's no way she's wandering around the countryside as a virgin. No, in the real, in the real world, on this because uh, 
she does keep disappearing off with gentlemen. And people keep on taking advantage of her. They do. Which I think we'll talk about afterwards when mm. we're talking about Mr. Livisage. Mm. But um, yeah, she's just got a very simple outlook on life. Yeah. So there's a bit in the book that really does show her simplicity. Mm. Um, and this is where, so Gilly has knocked Mr. Livisage down and mm. Mr. Livisage is, is now coming to and realising what's happened, that his, um, that, the letters have been taken yeah um now in the exchange between gilly and livisage livisage brings belinda in Mm -hmm. and gilly thinks oh my goodness um i'm gonna be found out because she's gonna know that i'm not matthew ware yeah his cousin um but she doesn't Mm. she um she just goes along with it and just Mm. looks at him sort of blankly yeah (laughs) um and and doesn't say anything um, and then so after this, um, after this, and Belinda is sort of helping Mr. Liversidge get up. Um, done by a grudging, he said gloomily. Done by a miserable undersized sap skull. There's no more wits than to talk of marriage to the first pretty wench he meets. I was never more betrattled in my life. <laughs> if I could but get my hands on your precious Mr. Matthew Ware. Oh, it wasn't Mr. Ware. Belinda said Belinda, Belinda suddenly. Mr. Liversidge raised his aching head from between his hands and stared at her in blear-eyed surprise. What? he demanded. Did you say it was not Mr. Ware? Oh, no. Mr. Ware is much prettier young, ma- young gentleman, said Belinda. He is tall and handsome. Then who the devil was he? interrupted Mr. Liversidge incredulously. I don't know. He did not say what his name was. I didn't think to ask him, replied Belinda rather regretfully. Mr. Liversidge hoisted himself out of his chair with an effort. My God, what have I done to be saddled with such a fool, he exclaimed. If he was not Mr. Ware, why, why, girl, would you have not have told me so? I did not know that you would wish me to, said Belinda innocently. You just said I must just say what you told me. And you don't like it if I don't obey you. And I like him quite as well as Mr. Ware, she added consolingly. Mr. Liversidge boxed her ears. So much ear boxing. Yeah. What is that just hitting someone's... Have we talked about this before? Well, let's go back a step here. Um, you just did a regional accent, and I think you'll find that's my area. <laughs> <laughs> of <Where>? incompetence. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure about my West Country accent. No, I, love it. But... I think the first time I read that, I didn't... I was he brushed over that line and didn't pick up the fact that she had a West Country accent. And reading it this time, I spotted it and I thought, oh, we get to do a West Country yeah. accent. It <laughs> makes sense because she's sort of from yeah. the Bath area, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but just that passage just... She, she, mm. she just does what she's told mm. um, and she doesn't... Yeah, she'll just go along with whatever is is going on at that moment in time as if she thinks that it's going to get her a purple dress which is what she's been promised and she's actually involved in the the comedy denouement isn't she um where gilly turns his back gilly finally finds this mr mudgley guy mm. works on a farm he's actually going to be a good match for her we'll take care of her yeah and um he goes he sets out to find him finds him comes back and finds that even in that small amount of time she's run off She's run off with Lord Gaywood, Harriet's brother. Yeah. But Tom's foiled their cunning plan. So Tom had to run back into town to buy the purple silk dress. (laughs) And uh, and uh, Did you say Tom had? 
oh sorry Lord Gaywood yeah. had to return to town to get the dress yeah. and Tom sort of worked a little bit of a plot where he, he kept Harry out the way and mm. made Lord Gaywood think that she'd run off again yeah um yeah leading to Lord Gaywood showing up incredibly angry at the end um demanding retribution I suppose yeah. to Gilly for stealing yeah. this woman for under, under his and nose he we should say he had no good intentions oh no he she was going to be brought to town and yep. his mistress be his mistress yep. um and yeah so he absolutely got his comeuppance oh yeah yeah and that, that was nice I think and Gilly stood up to him nicely then as well didn't he but just yeah just just on that so the Belinda is obviously very simple and she will go off with your man she's mm. she's incredibly exploited mm. and um, and it does just show how little so, so basically most people assume that she that is how she's going to end up yeah as um, as a, someone's mistress yeah it's only a matter of time yeah only a matter of time and that's really the only thing open to her mm. other than some sort of trade yeah. which she's not she's not really suited to right. because she was a um an apprentice to a hat yeah. maker or something yeah. like that um and obviously she's got grand grand ideas about how how she wants to live her life in that she she wants nice things mm. um and that's why she keeps on going off with people but she's yeah she's very exploited and she's very exploited by mr liversidge yes and i think there's a point where he says that the only reason he hasn't sort of prostituted her I suppose is because she'll yeah. get him more money yeah but essentially that's, that's what he's doing yeah. prostituting oh, yeah, yeah. her so if we talk a little bit about Mr. Liversidge yes from that because so he is he is a comic character mm. um, and he is yeah, he's value for money in that way he, yeah. he, he's got a very um, high, heightened sense of his own <laughs> Mm. ability he's got he's got grand grand designs hasn't he yeah. about his future and he can bs yeah definitely mm-hmm. um but his dealings with belinda so, so the, the kidnapping aside mm-hmm. yeah. which is sort of sort of bad but you know yeah. um i think that there is a very dark part of that which is his dealings with belinda and how much he's exploiting her yeah and um yeah, and it's not... It's a really awful thing to yeah. do. <laughs> I mean, he was also planning on murdering Gilly. Yeah. Yeah. She's... I, I just... I Yeah. I, I guess I just have a little bit of an issue with that those two yeah. sides to him. That he was willing to commit murder. He was willing to basically prostitute this yeah. young girl if he mm. got him money. Mm. Um, and then... But then he's quite funny and then he would you know he was almost yeah he's quite a funny character that was um that he's let off as well for me he's not funny enough to get away with that that instead he ends up being given the money to disappear off to strasbourg yeah to start a gaming house yes yeah yeah um i like the fact that gilly says that he went there and hated strasbourg so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. um but there's almost um i don't know i think that he argues and it's almost argued in the book that there is a a certain honour to him mm. a little bit which I, I really can't get on board with no yeah and in fact there's a bit in the book and it's not Mr. Livisage but it's another 
um, is one of his cronies talking about mm. Belinda, which I find quite disturbing. Oh, yeah, signed it. So this is a bit where um, Mr. Liversidge, um, Mr. Mims, who mm-hmm. is his family? Is his brother? It's his brother. Right, brother. He owns Ian. Okay, I wonder why they've got different surnames. One of them must have. Well, I don't, yeah, who wouldn't, knows? Wouldn't put either of them past changing their name. No, and then Nat um, Schiffnall, who I think is a highwayman, mm. I think we later learn. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about um, Belinda. Um, and so Mr. Liversidge is saying, Bird, which is she maybe, replied Mr. Liversidge fair mindedly. But where, I ask you to tell me, Joe, could you find a more lovely piece? A gentleman in riding dress paused between mouthfuls to heave a deep sigh. Ah, if I ever see such a rare bleak moor, he said, shaking his head. What a high flyer, Sam. But no sense in a cot loft, which makes her dangerous wear for a man like me. Else I would have... You would have no such thing, napped Schiffnall, as if I had erstwhile made plain to you, said Mr. Liversidge. Nothing would have been more fatal for a man in my position than to bring damaged goods to, goods to market. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. That is really horrible. I'm glad their pub burnt down. Yeah. I hope the highwayman gets caught, sent to the gallows. <laughs> I, should, I, put, I still don't really believe in capital punishment <laughs> in the Regency period. <laughs> but yeah, not nice. And, and I think making him into a comic character mm. when he is actually quite a dark character. It's kind of that issue we discussed before with Black Moth, isn't it? That, you know, the Black Moth got some good lines and we were clearly not invited to hate him. Yeah. But I found him pretty hateable. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Can we end on a nicer bit of Gilly standing up to Lord Lionel? Yeah. Lord Lionel was giving him a hard time because the, Luke has, uh, the Duke has decided to sell... Or not sell, actually give a parcel of land to Mr. Mudgley mm. as the dowry that comes with Belinda. The Duke raised his head and met his uncle's fierce look with one so icily aloof that Lord Lionel was startled. I have borne enough, he said, his voice still level and low-pitched, yet with anger throbbing in it. I will not endure any longer this ceaseless thwarting of my every wish. I am fully sensible, sir, of the great debt I owe you for your unremitting care of me, of my interests. But my gratitude will be increased tenfold if you would bring yourself to believe that I am neither a child nor a fool. He paused, his chest rising and falling rather quickly, but Lord Lionel did not speak. He was still staring at his nephew, his expression hard to read. After a moment, the Duke continued, You are aware of my reason for thus disposing of a part of my land. I would have explained this to you had not Moffat forestalled me. I am persuaded that I have no need to remind you that this paltry patch of ground is no part of the Cheney estate. And I trust that I have even less need to assure you that I have not the most distant intention of cutting up my inheritance. It is not I who stand in danger of forgetting that I am aware of sale. You have said that while you hold the reins, my reins, I shall not give away one foot of my land. I shall not attempt to persuade you to alter that decision, sir. You will do as you please. But in a very short space of time now, I shall have reached my twenty-fifth birthday. And on that day, believe me, for I was never more in earnest, Mudgley will receive from me the deed of gift that will put him in possession of the five-acre field. He stopped, and for a moment or two there was complete silence in the room. The Duke continued to meet his uncle's stare, his eyes as stern as those older ones. Gideon, standing still by the fire, glanced from one to the other of the combatants, with a wry twist to his mouth. By God, Lord Lionel said at last, slowly, I never saw you look so like your father before, boy. So you mean to take the bit between your teeth, do you? and see if you can't unseat me. 
Well, well, you are an impotent dog, but I'm glad to see you have so much spirit in you. Yeah, hooray. It's nice. Yeah, and it's just so, because he's never stood up to him before. No. Like, he's ne- he would never, ever... He kind of did that little tentative little, oh, mm. maybe I could just stand up for myself on this thing and then yeah. would get squashed immediately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, but then this just shows, like, he... In it, yeah, and ne- he never shown that sort of anger before, mm. I imagine, as well. Yeah. Um, but Borderline quite likes it. Yeah, he does. And um, there's a brief mention of Captain Ware in that passage as well. Like, we haven't really touched upon him, but he is quite the romantic hero, isn't he? Yeah. He's good. He needs a spin-off. He needs a spin-off. We need to find out what happened to him, Mm -hmm. who he marries. Yeah. Spirited girl, I think. Has to be a spirited girl for him. Yeah, it definitely feels like there should be an offshoot book about him. He's a good character. Writing someone and falling in love. Yeah. I'd read that. Definitely. Could someone write that, please? there, There must be some fan fiction where... I, I did try delving into that world and it scared me. What, you mean reading it or writing it? Oh, reading it, yeah. Yeah. Reading. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's very dashing, isn't he? He's yeah. sort of like, tra- he's the traditional alpha male. Definitely. Uh, yeah, because he, yeah, he's, he's in the army. Mm-hmm. He's, um, yeah. He, but he's still quite nice and sensitive and he cares about his... And he really cares about Gilly. He calls him my little one. Yeah. It's rather cute. And yeah, yeah. actually, actually deals with quite a lot of blowback yeah people think that he he killed gilly but also gideon from the beginning um sees more in gilly than everybody else Mm. does and has more faith in him and actually thinks he can handle himself which is why he lets him goes off and have this adventure he's got more faith in gilly than gilly has himself but still not quite enough not to worry about him (laughs) and go in search for him but then he learns Mm. he learns more about gilly as well so i think he um yeah, he's, it's a, really a nice that friendship. Yeah. Okay, so totally off topic because mm-hmm. this isn't about the foundling; it's about Sylvester. Yeah, I was talking to my mum about the podcast. She generally likes it. That's nice. As usual, I think she prefers you to me. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about Sylvester, and she said, "Just, just one thing about that podcast. See, I think you got a bit wrong." Um. You, you seem to be talking about Button as if he was a female. And, and yeah, I looked at my mum with the same look you're giving me now. <laughs> uh, what is wrong with you? Because um, I used to have so much respect for my mum. I thought she was a smart woman. And then... They referred to her as a nurse, but is that, just a, is that just not remembering you properly? Well, I, I have so much faith in my mum. I, I started doubting it. I was thinking, did have, have me and Rachel both read this wrong all these years? And then yeah. I got a text message from her later that evening saying, yeah, no, I reread it. I don't know what I was thinking. No. Of course it's a woman. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is more unusual to refer to a female by their... I'm not no, sure that's oh, no, true no, that's nurses. not true, no. Or, or oh, other yeah, servants, yeah. actually, or housekeepers. Um, yeah. I mean, I really appreciate you trying to make excuses for my mum, but... Oh. Yeah. So disappointed in her. If you're listening, mum, I still love you, but... <laughs> oh, my respect for you is taking a hit. So what are we reading for next time, Rach? Well, so yeah, it's an important one because we are off Hold to. On. Oh, they're all important. I know, but um, it's a, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are off to Bath. Yeah, we are. Woo! And um, with our friends, other friends, we have other friends. They're they're not Georgia Hay readers, though, guys. No, but maybe they will be at the end of this no, trip. No, they're not because one of these people, B. <laughs> 
she has listened to all of these podcasts, which is lovely of her, never having read any of these books. She just likes to hear our voice. I, I asked her, though, do you think after listening to these podcasts you might want to read one of these books? And she said, no, no, not really. No. I don't think we're going to persuade them, but maybe um, once you know they'll get the the mm. feel of Bath, feel of the Regency period. Yes. I mean, we're going in costume, right? Total, total full out costume. Cool. Yeah, I think they're worried that we're just going to spend the whole weekend wandering around, <laughs> fangirling over Henrietta Place or yeah, no, not Henrietta Place. What is it? The Royal Crescent. Yeah. We'll, see. well, we'll go to the pump room. Oh yeah. Um, we will have a turn about the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and try the waters and yeah it's pretty exciting but because of this we are choosing a bath based book obviously of course um which is bath triangle yeah i haven't read that for yonks so looking forward to it yeah it's good it's like um uh, a comedy of errors isn't it like a bit of a tangled love story is it okay yeah one of those all right lovely So that's it from us. Um, Until next time. Bye. Bye.